Welcome to another episode of Share Slice with Sean. I'm your host, Sean McGuire, and I am back after, seems like forever, but was only eight weeks, um, with a new episode uh, with professional midget toss tossee, uh, Mighty Mike Murga, and he's DJ Mighty, uh, he's mini Elvis, he's mini Eminem, He's um, mini Dead Mouse, mini Kiss Rocks, Tom Little Jones, so he does weddings. He's a minister, MC, but uh, really the most controversial thing that Mighty Mike does, the thing that got him in the news, is he is the tossee, and he is tossed by people uh, in bars as a and clubs as a as a performance, and um, this has angered groups uh little person of america i think is one of them or or little people groups out there and uh, we're going to be talking about that but we're also going to be talking about valuable lessons in life because mike has had to you know overcome a lot of crap in his life uh it's all in the discussion and he gives some pointers and some tips on how to not take any bs so whereas I went into the interview thinking we would just be talking about the tossing and the interview and the conspir- conspiracy and the um, controversy around tossing, it, it turns out that we cover a whole lot more life lessons than that. Just before I forget, I want to uh, acknowledge uh, the theme song music. It's uh, by the Fantastic Plastics. Uh, longtime uh, friends of the show, past guests, Fantastic Plastics, and uh, they are currently working on some new material. Check it out. Um, the name of that track is called Buzzing on the 123. I think it's perfect for a theme song for the show, so I think we're probably going to stick with this for a while. And also, towards the end of the show, I'm going to be playing a new track by previous guest Azuria Sky. And it's called Exhale One for Mata. And it's from her new 2019, rather, album, We Were Once Called Spring. And the interview with Azuria Sky was, I think, really touching, like really quite emotional. She does chiptune. She does all kinds of um, great compositions. But we explored bits of her life. And uh, so I recommend you check that out in the backlogs. Um, Yeah, so without further ado, let's jump right in with this interview with Mighty Mike Murga. My goal every year or two is to learn something new. Like, I know I'm a little person, and, you know, we age, and I I just have a fascination with film and music and how to make it all, and I've had a fascination since I was a kid, but at the same time... This is just an art that I like to work on. At the same time, you got to make money to survive, doing parties, doing events, doing weddings, being a minister, and uh, you know, blowing fire, juggling, and seeing, sing, cover, cover of Elvis, of Eminem, and uh, and dwarf tossing. I started slowly doing in in Detroit, and we started doing two, three times a year from 2012 and 2015. All over the news. Oh my God, it's come back. It's banned in this many states, and and uh, and it's bad. So I didn't do any interviews. I just went and did the event. We sold up the house. 
we sold up two houses and uh and uh i keep doing dwarf tossing around the country and and then mike Patton passes a tries is trying to pass a bill and uh in uh end of january to ban dwarf tossing in washington florida and new york so so let's back up a bit here so I mean, and this is where I actually found you because, so I'm here in Montreal and there okay. are some events that occurred. I think it was in Windsor, Ontario, and there was, yep, yep, there was another yeah, one. Leopards, in, Windsor, Ontario, and Leopards, yep. Yeah, yeah, in, in Ottawa. And so basically... Yep, last year, Ottawa, yep. At, at clubs like... Uh, Lust, Leopards. Lust, Le- okay, and 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 there was like this huge controversy because uh, I think it was the little people of Ontario or something like that. Yeah, they were they were protesting that I'm discriminating little people that you can just pick up a little person and just throw them whenever you want. And yeah, but I'm that's saying- not the way it works, though. I mean, you can't. I can't just grab a random person, and stick them into a, it's stick them into a cannon and shoot them like a circus no. trick. And, and the thing is, how, how 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 I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it from two points of view. One is, it's discriminating little people that they can be thrown because they're small objects. Okay, I'm seeing it from that point of view, but I'm seeing it from another point of view. I'm having fun. I'm I'm doing this and I'm having fun, and that's hard to live by. So a little more background here because uh, we kind of jumped right into this now. So you have yeah. you have. Was it called a dwarf tossing or midget tossing? Dwarf tossing. Yeah. The difference between, but just hold on. The difference between dwarf and midget. There's dwarf is over four feet. They have a bubble butt, bubble head. Midget is proportion. They're under four feet. But at the same time, there's forty different type of little people. There's forty different types. So, but but people love the word midget. Midget sounds better. It's like the N word. It's like you know, it's trigit. You know, Tridget the Midget was like this famous star, I think her name is, or something in the... No, a Bridget. Bridget, sorry, Bridget. Okay. (laughs) And the thing (laughs) is, just Midget sounds better, because Midget, 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 you know, instead of Dwarf, and and a lot of little people take the Midget word, like, whoa, that's an insult, man. You can say Dwarf, you can say Little People, you can say Tiny, you can say Small, but the M word is... Why it it affected me when I grew up. Like when Why you said is that? that? Is well, that I was in your face? Is that just because it's just like a? It's just a. It's got a bunch of negative connotation, or is it just because no? It it's just more has vulgar? a punch. It it just has a punch, like the f u c k. It just has a punch, midget. It just has that punch, like like when somebody just says it to you, it's like they hit you, they hit you verbally, and it just whoa. I know I'm small, like whoa. We didn't have to go there, you know what I mean? When you were grow, I mean, when you were like on the school bus or whatever, like you must have like. Oh no! I've been in over a hundred fights in my. Jeez. I went through. I went through four schools. Now I was the only little person in four schools growing up in London, Ontario, Sarnia. Yeah. I went through so many fights. <laughs> I lived... And that's what I got. That's what got me into bodybuilding and and Olympic wrestling and midget wrestling is is to put my energy somewhere else so I don't get into fights constantly. So you're, and you're like, uh, yeah, you're pretty stacked, actually. I saw on your, your webpage. I mean, uh, listen, uh, so, and actually that kind of helps too, because like, uh, just to go back again to like this midget toss business. So it's not like, it's not like people are grabbing you and throwing you like against a wall or anything. No. They're like, this is like, 
this is like gym class almost like you've got like your well even more you're like a basically an armor or like you know body suit and they're picking you up and they're throwing you onto uh onto like a mat uh, to, uh, to air, no it's air mattresses air mattress. I, i've never done i've never done the velcro the the human fly like uh i've done it once or twice in louisiana like you know what they put duct tape on you they duct tape your body and then they they try to like throw you up like a fly so you stick to uh the wall you know yeah so i've done that i've done that once uh but the thing about the dwarf tossing uh what makes it fun is two girls single guy is they they get to there's no talking i just tell them pick up on three you know grab here grab here throw and so it, it interacts with there's a lot of interaction here compared to dwarf wrestling or midget wrestling there's half an hour talk and then a little bit of wrestling this one is you're strong pick up throw um pay another 20 30 bucks pick me up again throw me again and you know it's we do 40 to 70 tosses a night and call it a night and i take pictures with people and a lot of couples come out that's that's the other reason why it's successful because of, oh strip club oh bad people well, a lot of husband, wives, boyfriend, girlfriends show up just to throw a little person. Just go toss it's, the midget, as they say. Yeah, but it's unique. You don't see it every day. It's not like a carnival that, that just pops up, you know. <laughs> what? Like, so, what's, I mean, I'm just trying to think of, like, I. it sounds cool to me, but I guess I'm, I'm getting kind of Freudian, and I'm just trying to think, like, what is the appeal? Like... The, I mean, the I throw my is, kids around is, a bit. I mean, the appeal is I, I've worked all week. I've had good days and shitty days. And at the end of the week, Friday or Saturday, I'm just going to take a midget and just throw them. <laughs> That's... It's just like, and I mean, I guess if, and, and you're cool with this and you're, you're I mean, it's, it's you're, you're safe because as long as consent is there, I mean, isn't it, it's sort of the same as any other sort of adult entertainment like i yeah, don't mean like sexual, football hockey, just adult soccer, as a grown-up you know you, you put two people out there you know uh they interact and one hits the other and takes the other one out it's part of the game but what i do but what i do to be safe is i i've slipped here and there i've had a concussion i've i so i've improved i've improved it now where where i basically walk out every night so i'm not mangled and, you know, there was steps of figuring out how to make the physics of it work and the proper harness and the proper mattresses and, and the proper safety. And now I got it. So, so like they say, oh, 10 years ago, there was this little person, he fell in Florida and he broke his back. Like, A, it wasn't a, it wasn't a dwarf toss event. B, the guy was drunk. The, he got pushed over or somebody picked him up and threw him. It wasn't set up. Like me, when I do this, I, I rarely drink like a shot here and there. I, you know, am amped up on energy drinks and, and I get this in because it's like a running man. It's like a sport. I got to do my three rounds, three, four rounds and get out of there. It's and take pictures, you know, so, so I can do this the next day. It's not something, Hey, you can just pick me up. Let's just sit on the bar stool and let me just pick you up and throw you. No, no, it doesn't work like that. And you're like just this compact, like projectile of muscle basically based on what i can see you're not like all yeah. you don't have your limbs like flying all over the place like no you've got no control. no and the thing is if i didn't work out i don't feel i'd be strong enough to do this then yeah and uh, so i put the work in it's 
Like I put the work in, I get the results, and and this thing is what this is what people want, and it's wrong in one way because it's unique and you get to pick up a little statue person and throw them, but it's cool in another way. So it's it's got it's both crowds, and people that hate it still show up. <laughs> so so which one is it? <laughs> okay, and I, I mean so. Uh, let's let's go back a little bit more now. Like, so you started out. You said you started out in London, Ontario. I actually, or around that area, right? I mean, I actually uh, lived in London for a while. Yeah, yeah I I went to I went to uh, uh, I went to Saint Clair. Uh, no, uh, to Montcalm High School. Yeah, Montcalm High School, and I, I oh yeah, I grew up in North Bray, so it's by the Huron and Adelaide. Uh, and and uh, Heming, uh, Hemington, Highwington, is that with the H? Oh, Highland geez, or I don't something? know. Hey. Yeah, okay, but around that town, around, uh, I, I know Adelaide and Huron for sure, around that area. And uh, and I was like, the you know, I spent uh, like 14 years of my life there and, and because I'm originally from Czechoslovakia. Okay. I'm, uh, so I'm a European first and then that's six and a half moved to London, and then I stayed there for 15 years, and then spent three years in Sarnia, and then moved to California for 18 plus. So, so you know, I've, I've gotten to Canadian, Czechoslovakian, Canadian, American. Now I'm dual citizen. And and the thing what brought me to Hollywood is, hey, what can not be done? I want to do it. I'm going to sign up. And, you know, touring with Motley Crue and Blowing Fire and being crazy and out of control, hey, I signed up, and you, I mean, I that job. yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that was it. Like one day you just decided that, okay, well, I'm done uh, washing dishes or, or whatever the hell, you know, job you have. No, no, no. Well, when I grew up, I did, I did that because I, I was an immigrant in the States. I did painting, worked on a, like, you know, painted fences, gardening and uh horse ranch. And I worked doing taxes and secretary. So I did these odd jobs to survive, to pay the bills. But at the same time, I was training lines, I was studying lines, studying how to get movie roles, studying how to do proper wrestling, studying how to do midget style wrestling for like the TV stuff. And in that, I was always training. And then and then I got into circus arts, unicycle and fire and juggling. And then that took me with a lot of bands. And then I go, fuck, I like, I like being with bands. I like rocking out with bands. And I went through over 100 bands, like, yeah, I got I got here like Motley like Crue, Britney Spears, but, 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 Green Day. But before all that was a lot of small bands. And without the small bands, I would never get to the bigger bands. Yeah. So so when, when these bigger bands hire you, you got to know what you're doing. And and my my biggest thing is I get on there and I just give it a million percent energy like fuck yeah. You yeah, know. And I've and a couple it. times I body surfed in the crowd, you know couple times i lost it you know i said ah, fuck it <laughs> i've seen video i've seen videos on your site like where you got you got the little m&m little elvis you you've been with cypress hill green day i saw a picture with you at a party with kim kardashian and crew yeah i gave her a lap dance on her bachelor party and i became famous for a day <laughs> uh but 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 the, but the thing is to be around those people you got to be around the amateur people you got to be around the I, I treat every show I do like it's a million bucks, and and the celebrity thing comes with it. And sometimes I'm photographed with them, sometimes I'm not. It's what I remember, 
and they love the energy that I provide. And the thing is, like Jackass Wee Man, he had his own, he had his own, you know, blowing up his nuts and putting firecrackers in his ass and stuff like that. But I go, I'm gonna have my own style. And then you got Peter Dinklage that's doing Game of Thrones. He's like the best actor in the world, but he doesn't do anything. And then you have Martin Kleba from Pirates of the Caribbean. He's a little person, bald guy. He likes to just be tough and mean, and you know. So I go, I'm gonna create my own thing, and and nobody can replicate it. And that was what my goal was. Yeah, I mean that's your that's your brand basically, and and the, and the thing is, when I was making this, I got ah, oh, you can't do it. You want to fucking bet? So I, I spend you know I spend a year or two till I get the one formula put together, and it's but it's but it's but to get it, it's a lot of rehearsals, a lot of investing in the costumes, buying little equipment, and just putting and just practicing it. And then getting it on video, getting it on photo, advertising it, and then making it come to life by doing one event and not giving up. Like there, there's there's shows that are fucking awesome, and there's shows like what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and and but the thing is, you treat them all the same, you know, and that's how you learn. Did you? I mean, I remember <laughs> that uh, one summer, uh, I took a gig as the subway sandwich uh man so basically Mm -hmm. i was walking around in this suit that was about five million degrees and it had this this air this air pump thing that was helping keeping it inflated the whole time so it was going and i couldn't hear a goddamn thing and i was as i was walking down the street these kids would come up and just freaking kick me like they would just kick me and their parents would just start laughing. It was nuts. Like they thought, I guess, that because I was a Subway sandwich, they could just beat the crap out of me. And it was the most hilarious thing in the world. I mean, did Well, you... because the thing is you're human you're a human toy. So why not? <laughs> yeah, except I wasn't getting paid like a thousand dollars a night for it. So that's the only problem there. See, I guess. see, 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 see but see, the thing is, what I've found is money comes and goes you make small middle big but i always treat it like okay what's the next thing and then when and i call it lottery gigs like when i did epic movie did the smurfs did molly crew Britney spears t-pain little wayne lone ranger with johnny depp working day for kim kardashian so those were my like lottery gigs but there was thousand or two thousand other gigs that that are just learning bits and learning curves and and uh, like when I started performing uh, or being an actor or that, you know, you work once, maybe twice a month. And then when you get good at it, oh, you're working five times a month, different employers, different shows, different contracts. And then all of a sudden you're working 10, 12 days a month. And then when you're working over 10 days a month, that means you're on fire. You are, you are now doing what you want to do. And the thing is, every show you do, you can't always agree that you're on the same page with with what they're envisioning and you're envisioning and you're taking it your way. And even if it's wearing a costume or delivering lines, you still got to give it a million percent and make everybody somewhat happy to the best of knowledge. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I guess that's a reason I didn't pursue the, <laughs> the, uh, subway sandwich, uh, gig is that my heart really wasn't into it. Uh, I just collected my $5 an hour and, uh, went home, 
But uh, I mean, yeah, you you got something much more sustainable there. I mean, I was looking at some of the parties there with some of these famous people. You do the juggling, you do the fire breathing. I mean, like, uh, do you ever? Are there ever any disasters that occur when you are out and you're doing uh, your thing? Okay, with the fire, like I spilled a container, ground lit on fire. That's happened. One. And the thing is, now I have a better box. I have a better aluminum setup. Like as you learn, uh, I was in I was in Nebraska. I was blowing fire on top of a bar, and all of a sudden the air conditioning kicked on as I blew the flame, and part of the top of my hair singed. Like, <sighs> like I'm going okay. All right, I'm not doing that again. You know, like no, like there was no air conditioning when I was doing rehearsals. I was standing on top of a bar, and they were doing this. Uh, it's like a Red Bull, but it's their version. It's called Lion, and they had a big ice luge. You know, where you go, you pour it, and the other person drinks from it. You know, through the ice. And I'm on top of the, like next to this thing, blowing fire on the bar, and all of a sudden the AC kicks on. <laughs> so I'm blowing it, and I'm going, "Fuck, the flame is here." <laughs> whoops <laughs> but the thing is i didn't panic and it was a quick recovery and and i just turned around and started blowing fire the other way and then same thing in the wrestling um you tell your partner hey throw me like this oh fuck they throw you this way oh shit i can't get up i'm, I'm in pain yeah like you know, mid the midget i mean so uh, midget wrestling what's the, what, i don't know much about regular okay, wrestling uh, well, i didn't well, know well, there was okay, a difference okay. Okay, dwarf wrestling or midget wrestling or Sh tiny I wrestling. should be saying dwarf, right? Dwarf. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the difference is, is the ropes are still the same height. So if you're uh, five feet and over or if you're four feet and under, it's the same ropes. So now we have to work those ropes differently okay. because we're not the same size. So that's step one. Yeah. Step two, step two what little people do is they talk more. And do the pushing and shoving thing just to pass time. Towards a regular sized person, he can go on a higher spot and, and jump 15 feet in the air and land in the middle of the ring and pull off a bigger stunt because they have a they have a stronger barrier of a body. So if there's a cage match or there's or there's you come out of the ceiling or some shit, you know, so it's more. But little people, it's more of a clown gag. Of, it's more of, of a show. Of, yeah, but it's not as much, I wouldn't say it's wrestling. And the thing is, um, little people that wrestle are upset with me because I let wrestling go, and I got my own dwarf tossing. And what I do on my thing is I fill the places up because people get to interact. They get to meet me, take a photo, and pick me up and throw me. So there's no talking, like blah, 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 blah. I'll kick your ass. You'll kick my ass. and I'll kick your ass. And there's just let's just get to the fucking point let's just let's just do a toss and so and then i have two girls like picking me up oh man it's so cute you know and their tits hanging out they only throw me three feet but it's kind of cool it's hey you're my little big baby you know and so 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 i so i do like to send a positive message like i don't go taking off my clothes and shaking my shit out on stage you know i'm there dressed and i usually wear you know proper attire and i have fun and I have shots with people here and there, and, and I have fun with the job. It's not like, hey, I'm a little person, yeah. Five minutes later, hey, I'm a little person, yeah. No, I'm just a guy putting on the suit, doing the tosses, and just being an average dude. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, exactly. When you when you leave the show, it's just like every 
it's every day, right? I mean, wh- how much are you traveling? I mean, you you go you well, well, I, I get on the plane a couple times, like three four times a month. Uh, spend time in the van traveling. Uh, the thing is, like I do, like where I'm in Cal- Southern California, I said one day I'm in Vegas, next day I'm in Phoenix, next day I'm in LA, San Diego. Is is um because I have diversity. I have the weddings, the circus life, the singing, the DJing, the dwarf tossing. Um, so those are services I provide. You know, birthday parties, if you want to say it. And when you learn how to have a voice with your act, it just amplifies it a million times. You know, and then there's the TV commercial industry, which comes comes and goes. But I don't bet all bet everything into TV and film. And and now what I've started doing is I've started creating my own videos, my own demos, because I don't think anybody's going to see what I see. And, uh, you know, the more negatives I get from people, fans and people, the more I'm driven to, I'll, I'll, I'll make this happen. I'll figure out a way I'll make this happen. So when I get to an event, I like to film it. I like to get some footage of it, and so I could show everybody, hey, this is what I do. And uh, I think at least one film here I see is actually from your perspective. So you've got like this like head cam on. Am, am I remembering this correct, or did I get something <laughs> else? You got. But well, what, what, what's happening? I've done over two hundred videos. So what's happening in this video? Uh, I think it was like a. Uh, I think it was a. It was at a stripper, a strip club. Oh no! Uh, it, the dwarf tossing at toy chest. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, so I went and and I was coming there every three months. So I go. I asked the I asked the the guys at the leopards and toy chest. Can I start filming these? I nobody's ever gonna believe me if you if I'm gonna tell people, hey, I got tossed today. Nobody's gonna believe me. So they went, they, they docked off like 100, 200 bucks off my pay to film it. And I'm going, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. So I started filming and then I, and then I made a song. I made a song, you know, on it and to, to, to promote it. So I made it into like a music video um, to, so to show people that I'm having fun with this. And it's something you can listen to in your car and, you know, on your headphones and about dwarf tossing. And, and two, there's possibility... And this year, there's going to be a movie on dwarf tossing. So that's what I'm working with one of my agents to make a movie about this. Like, you know, they did Dodgeball. They've done, uh, they've done, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, They've done Tron. They've done all these space movies, right, about a certain sport, you know, certain soccer, certain football. Roller Derby, too, I think. Yeah, Roller Derby, yeah. Yeah, and football movies, like... uh, any given Sunday, you know, uh, so the faculty, but they've never done a movie on dwarf tossing. So tell me, like, because in order to do a movie on dwarf tossing, that means that there has to be, like, is there, like, a whole, like, community? Like, you're a single, like... I'm, I'm singled out in this one because I'm singled out in this one because little people do not like me. On that perspective, like as me as an entertainer and me providing them work, they like me for that point of view, like giving them party work or wedding work. Providing for them, they like me on that level. But on a level where they're competing with me 
No, not so much because they feel I'm taking a lot of attention from them. Yeah. Because I'm doing more than just the costume and just waving my hand. Hey, what's up? Hi, I'm a little person. You want a photo? You want a picture today? No, I'm, I, I, I do that, but I don't live by that. I so, say, ah, fuck that. So when it comes to uh, dwarf tossing... It, it, are you are you like the only game in town, or are there? Other I'm the people? only I'm the only game and that I know of right now in North America for sure. Oh wow! Um, so so this movie would be more or less about. I guess it would be about you and maybe about the the positives, negatives, like kind of like what we were talking about. How like in one sense it could be seen as a you know some sort of objectification. Whereas yeah. in other sense, it can be seen as like a consensual uh, exchange of, of, of money for service and which you're okay yeah, for with. Su- for survival. That, like if you've seen the movie Queen, just in one sense about it, is Freddie Mercury tried to do regular jobs, tried to live a regular life, and it just didn't work. And then when he went, he sang his lungs out, that's when, ah. Oh, and the thing is, the band, they were just a backup band, like like every other band. But they learned how to flow with his voice. And and, and then when, when he went through his depression years, like forget singing, the world doesn't see me nothing else but a singer, he, he saw that that's the only thing that he's appreciated for, was singing. You know, so, so this dwarf tossing, that's what I get the most noise. It's a lot. It's more noise. I get more noise out of that than I do out of movies and TV. Now, Motley Crue, that's that, that's up there too, because now Motley Crue is coming out with the Jert, the movie on Netflix in ten days. Mm. So, so now a lot of fans that saw me because I went on eighteen months, one hundred eighty-two shows. We opened up for the Rolling Stones. We were with Garbage. We were with Iron Maiden, Megadeth, Motorhead, Marilyn Manson, um, Billy Idol. And it just became a f- insane. Some forty-one. That, it just that became must have an been insane thing. Not so. And you did you get to party with them? I mean, oh yeah, it... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I mean, when he holds the bottle, you gotta. You don't take a sip. You take a gulp because he did, what rock and roll is. Everybody's loose. Everybody's relaxed. Everybody knows their job. And if it's we do one show one way this way, and we do another show tomorrow the other way, it's not like pop. Where it has to be, because when I was worked with Britney and Katy Perry and all that, it's got to be a synchronized time machine. It's got to be the same shit, same cue, right. same thing, it's choreographed. Same thing. And rock death. and roll. If if you fall off the stage, or if a guitar falls, or you or you plant your fucking head in a set of tits on stage, it doesn't fucking matter. Like it's rock and roll, baby. Next day, let, let's see what else is gonna go right or wrong, you know, and. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know just the looseness of it made it fun and that's why it tr- it lasted 18 months because it was fun and it wasn't as synchronized as all the shows today today the artist gets on stage he knows he or she's got to perform 90 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour and it's not one minute more not one minute less because it's got it's a synchronized time machine where da 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 next song da 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 next song and what we did with Molly Crew is, hey, let's pull up the titty cam. You know, let's get a couple people. You know, let's fuck with you all. You know, let's let's relax. You know, let's see Mike make. Let's see Mike get molested with Josie 
on stage while while she's bringing out the guitar. Wow. You know, let's see these girls come out in pasties and and do fire for you and and sing Anarchy in the UK. So it was just it was it was somewhat organized, but it wasn't. It was a different time, right? Literally. Yeah, every show every show I would say is different. We open up for the Stones, and you know our volume is lot lower and their volume is higher, and but just you open up for the Stones, you know that that's like once in a lifetime of a of did a you deal. Get, so you're, did you get you know, to meet them? Oh yeah, yeah. Mick, really? Mick. Uh, oh yeah, Mick, uh, Ronnie, and uh, Mick Jagger. Oh yeah, yeah, man. The, the thing is, the thing is, when I'm around celebrities, I don't go, hey, I'm worth. I'm worth a few hundred bucks and you're worth millions of dollars. Yeah. I don't like, you know, I'm, or I could be worth more. They can probably smell that too. If they're not full of themselves, they probably think that's disgusting, right? They want. Yeah. It's like when I, I did American Horror Story Freak Show in 2015 and I was playing cello in Jessica Lange's band. And I had, because I've been in the circus since 2000, and I just had a conversation with Jessica Lange, Kathy Bates, and all the actors on set. And they're like, all the heads, there's like 300 heads. And that was like one of the best TV shows of all time, The Freak Show. Yeah, it broke OJ's record. 220 million people were viewing that. And OJ was 209. I actually got to work with OJ in 2003. We did a documentary called Juiced, Mini Elvis and Black Elvis and a lot of girls, strippers and all that fun shit. Uh, but, uh, but, but the thing is, when I talk to celebrities, I talk to them like, hey, what's up? I don't kiss their ass. Yeah. I, hey, do you want something? Do you want a towel? Do you want another drink? Do you want a, your coat? Do you want this? Do you want... I do, I do, do not treat them like that. I go, hey, Ben, what's up? There's a certain amount hey. of, uh, I guess, ability also to not be starstruck. Because I'll admit, like, if some of these people, if I if I were in a room with, like... I feel like Angelina Jolie or someone just walked into the room and say, hey, how's it going? I'd be like, uh... You know? See, yeah, I, I, I had I had that. I met Ashley Judd in the airport, and I met uh, I met Tiffany Amber Thiessen, and I met Pamela Lee, and yeah, I had that too. It's like uh, I grew up watching you. Uh, are you real? <laughs> you know, because but but the thing is, at the end of the day, you know their life and the celebrity's life, he or she's, and if they look at you, if they get your name. That's all they're gonna get. Like they know, like you, you're looking in their eyes. I've seen you in this, 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 that, and then they're looking at you like, "Hi, you're freaking me the fuck out." Uh, yeah. What's your name? <laughs> yeah. What do you want? It's, it's the first thing they go to. What do you want? You want a photo? You want an autograph? Well, like, what do you want? Like, it's they screwed up this. because because as a fan, you're like a stalker, and so obviously, if you're the if you're the the you know the celebrity. Then, like, you imagine if everybody just walks up to you and they know who you are and they know everything about your life. That's like some, I mean, obviously, it's like some crazy dystopian uh, uh, science fiction story, right? It, it, freak, it would freak anybody out, I think. So, Well, the thing is, you know their life and the eyes are just different. You have, like, pinpoint eyes, like, I'm going to eat you or I'm going to suck your soul kind of thing like when you see them like and they're like okay and who the fuck are you like yes and uh, goodbye <laughs> you know you're scaring me <laughs> well one, one of the most uh, interesting things I've ever had when I started I was like 20 years old I met Gary Oman at Hollywood Toys and Costumes 
And I started, I went, you're, 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 you're the guy from Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? I, I can't even say Bram Stoker's Dracula. I was like, but... holy shit. <laughs> because I, I watched him, I watched him, you know, go from Detroit uh, to uh, California in uh, the movie True Romance with Christian Slater. And then I got to work with Christian Slater down the road, too. But but when you see somebody, and then I worked with Dennis Hopper. Um, and then when you're a kid, when you're like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, when you start remembering your life, and these actors and actresses, models and pop singers and rock stars you grew up with, and then when you see them in real life, it's like that. when you were 11, you were listening to this artist. And when you were 14, you were watching these movies. And So, so they bring the inside of you back out again. Because when you were 14, you were playing with marbles or pinching girls bras you know like yeah know, that's true say. so you, and, and so you go back to that right yes yeah, so, so so it's not just it's not just you're freaking them the fuck out it's it's you you're, you're bringing back your memory where you were at when you were absorbing their product hmm. and and the thing is when you're in show business you sell your soul so 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 when this when this dwarf tossing debate came out like a bunch of little people there's little people that come to my shows and there's little people that hate me like and the thing is you know what i don't mind because the thing is i'm getting them up off their ass and actually doing something with their life like, like my biggest thing is, is i i'm 39 now i've wanted to quit and collect disability and because i'm born with a disease dwarfism is a disease at the end of the day your, your spine deteriorates as your age so you get numbness faster you you know, and, and so I do chin-ups. I work out just to have a longer longevity and eat healthy and party. And I still party at my age. You know, why not? You know, never, never know, never know. Uh, look how it happened in Africa the other day. You know, with the plane. You know, you're yeah. On, yeah, you're on a plane one minute, next minute, you're you know you're up in heaven. So you know, so you want to relax with life too, and we don't know when our day is. But the thing is, my biggest thing is to pull out a positive message and people that are negative make us more positive because they make us like believe in our art more and besides being a little person there it happens in the big worlds AT&T versus Verizon direct TV versus dish like you know and then there's small companies that are a little more affordable and and so everybody trashes each other to get ahead and you know th and that's what the bottom line is Sorry, yeah, are, are is, you saying are you saying everybody should, or are you saying that the, the approach well, well, is to not well, do it? Well, that's well, that's healthy competition. When right. you get healthy, it is healthy because it makes you think more, and it makes you think, "Hey, this next product should work like this." Like, thing is, people bitch about an iPhone, people bitch about Samsung, people bitch about cheaper. People always will find a way to bitch, but here's the thing: just buy both products, and you won't bitch. Like, uh, you know, like, like if you, you're saying Nintendo sucks and Sega's good or, or Xbox or PlayStation, just buy them both and just shut up. You know, yeah, and I've, I've had discussions. Uh, I, in previous episode, I was talking to uh, some, like, it, he was like, um, it, it was like this cult. It wasn't really a cult. There was like a satirical cult. And uh, the, guy, the guy said, uh, you know... Uh, I, th I think I said something very cynical or very sarcastic. And he said, you know what? Sarcasm doesn't pay off. Sarcasm is, is lazy. It's just a, don't, don't do it. And, and then <laughs> the more I, I come to, to live, the more I realize that 
uh, you know, cynicism and sarcasm, it might make you sound kind of smart. Like all this bitching and complaining might make you sound kind of superior, but it doesn't really get you anywhere in the end. Like it doesn't get you anywhere at all. So, well, well, the thing is, what it what I feel sarcasm is, it's a voice within what you can't accomplish. Yeah. So when this football player gets X amount of millions of dollars, or this basketball player, or boxer, or this athlete gets X amount of dollars, and you're not, of course you're going to talk shit about them because you don't have that money in your hand, and you don't know what they went through to get to that level. And the other thing is, you don't know who they got a, how many salaries they have. How many people they got to take care of to be on top, you know? So you're gonna go sarcastically put it down because you're not that person, uh, and that's what I believe why people are sarcastic because they went to be a football player but never finished it, or a hockey player or just yeah. never finished it. And yeah. the thing is, we're not all genetically designed to do it. That's why that's uh, that's why when I speak about this dwarf tossing, which is interesting for everybody, I don't tell everybody, "Hey, go do it." That would be a wrong message because what if you're not built for it and you do it and you hurt yourself, then you're going to blame me that I said that. The way the way I see it is you've got like two people in two, two different kinds of people in two different camps. So you've got the people who are just like making excuses for why they, they can't get anywhere. So they're like... Uh, you know, the table, everything's stacked against me. I, I can't do it. You know, these, these, you know, they've got too many advantages. There's no way, et cetera, et cetera. You got those people who are just defeating themselves because, you know, they, they, they don't want to, it's much easier just to slag all over other people than actually make an effort to do it themselves. And, but then at the same time, you got the people who are like, oh, well, if you just try, you can do anything. And that's wrong too, right? I mean, no. You no, can't no, it's do not. Everything. No, it's not. Yeah, it's based, no, it's not. Because you have black and white, okay? And either you're going to stick to the black or the white, or you're going to make the color gray. Right. Okay. And gray is both, both mediums of format of positivity and negativity and that art or that talent, right? And if you can find a gray, meaning you're good, but you're not excellent and you can't proceed to make money in it, whichever art it is, you know, but you've at least touched the gray. Now, if you stay in the negative, the negative starts taking over everything. Yeah. And the, the positive is when you win, right? Because I've worked with Charlie Sheen. I, I did a TV show called Anger Management. And the media, like, blah, 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 like, about four years ago. And the media, and he signed one of the biggest deals. He owns half the Dodgers. You know, he signed, like, 100000 an episode. And I got to work with the director of the Bundys, you know. And it was an amazing set. F a valet service for your car. Full buffet food. No yelling, no screaming, 15, 20 minutes of work, hour rest. Like one of the most easiest people I've ever worked for. No stress on set, no yelling, smooth as a sail, right? And his biggest thing is winning is everything, which is true. Winning is the key of life. And winning is you focus on what you believe in and you believe in yourself to win. And if somebody else comes to wipe that out, you still have to believe in that. Otherwise, you'll never accomplish what you want because everybody's going to detour you from your win. And winning is only taking that soul out of yourself and practicing that art or that knowledge and finishing it. 
see 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 if we maybe we're on the same here page here. So, what I think what I was getting at was uh, at the, at the one spectrum you shouldn't you probably shouldn't like just write off every possible thing you you're, you're going to do. Like you shouldn't discount like you know people who defeat everything before they even try. Uh, you know they're they're coming at it from a place of fear probably they're not they're they're not going to move they're not going to make progress they're not going to go into the gray as you say and you got these other people who are like you know they're like oh don't worry you know you've got infinite po- you, you you can you, you're going to achieve everything you want like everything's going to be fantastic if you only try for me uh, the way I see it is if you just you gotta have a positive outlook if you're going to make progress into that gray and towards wherever you can go like whatever your whatever your uh see i'll give you i'll give you two examples what i went through there's two things i wanted to do in my life but physically i cannot do it one thing was i wanted to be a downhill mountain bike rider Mm -hmm. that was one of my goals dreams and the other one is i love drumming like i wanted to be a drummer but the physics of my legs, the arms aren't long enough. You gotta just the there. physics are yeah. not there. But how I compromised, and I still do it t- till today, is I still mountain bike. I don't do it for money. I still bike. Right. To have a st- so I I don't do it for money, but I, that's still part of my life. And drumming, I write beats, I write bass, I write snares on the computer, and I own subwoofers and I own speakers and. I still have drums in my life, but I do it with my fingers. I don't use my body to make it towards what a drummer does. So it's still in my life, but I just found a different angle what I'm physically capable of doing. So like so, so like you've you you've set a destination for yourself and you may not necessarily get to where you you initially wanted to go, but the act of actually pushing towards what you want is going to, you know, it's gonna. You're gonna get things from that. You're you're gonna yeah, go yeah. in the right so, direction. So I made an alteration. Like like I'll tell you. I'll tell you like the two biggest artists that I copy. You know I'm gonna say copy because it's not my art. Is Eminem and Elvis. And what fascinates me about those two, like you know, and I sing cover stuff like Metallica, Bon Jovi, um, Kiss, and uh, Guns N' Roses, and Motley Crue, and stuff like that. But they're rock and roll. And the thing is, you, you sing along to improve your voice and learn little bits and pieces. But the reason why I mainly go after Eminem and Elvis, Elvis had tones that nobody could tone, could do till today. He could use his chest when he sang. Right? That, that was Elvis's tricks. Um, Eminem, he's the fluidest rapper there is without cussing that much. See, rap has to be cruel. Rap has to be mean. Rap has to be, I'm proving a point. I got to swear to prove this point. And what Eminem did is use very little swearing, and he used more lyrical words. That's what makes Eminem stand out from the rest, is he found a different alteration in, uh, in presenting his rap in a different type of way. So, so when I go and I copy these acts, I take bits and pieces, and I start creating my own. But the thing is, everybody says, oh, you can't do it. Well, like Elvis, to do Elvis and to do him well, like I met Priscilla two years ago, to do him well, you got to really live him. And I went to Graceland. I went to his house. I met people that were on tour with him, people that grew up watching him. 
and Eminem. I met his manager. I've never met Eminem. I've never met all those two people I still want to meet. But the fascination is, is they can pull it off. Like Gary Oldman met him. He's like a really deep, thorough actor. And when I met him in real life, and then when I act on camera, I learned. So, so, so I never believe in the word can't. Yeah, I mean that's just writing yourself off, I guess. I, I, I think I, I think I got you there. Um, so I'm gonna maybe wrap it up. I know yep. it didn't feel like like a long time, but um, do you have any, I guess, advice? Uh, based on your experience of, you know, growing up, being in zillions of fights, having to toughen yourself up, having to, you know, basically carve out your own course in the world, the uniquely yours, the uniquely Mike Murga. Um, do you, do you have any advice to little people and... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say to all, to yeah, all. Yeah, okay, to everybody. Okay, so one of the biggest thing is when somebody gives you negative influence, oh, you can't do this, you suck, you crap, this costs this much money, this costs that much money. Every art you're going to do, I call it an art because if it's writing, if it's speaking, if it's singing, you know, we make something with our body. So if you use your body or your brain, you create something. So I, I wouldn't say it's an education because education is what we learned to make an art and to be different. Is whoever gives you crap, just take it one year in, one year out. Take from the best and give it a shot a few times. Don't give it a shot two, three times. Give it a shot a dozen times to make sure it does. this is not your thing. And grab a little bit from it. That's one thing. Two is the more things don't work, cut other things out of your life and focus on making that one thing work. So instead of hanging out with buddies, instead of hanging out with bars, Instead of putting your money into stupid crap, save some of it and invest in what you believe in. And then when you, once you believe it and you build it and there's so many things that come and crush it, okay, put it aside. Okay, this idea didn't work. So if I buy this DJ mixer and it didn't make me my money in DJing, I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to put it aside and I'm going to learn another art. And then later I'll get to that DJ thing. So and I learned another art, let's say uh, – Let's say you do an animation, and I invest in this computer and that software, and now, oh, crap, I don't have what it takes. But just put that in your closet, too. So every art you have, just keep putting it in aside and just maintain it. Like, get back to it every month or two so you don't lose your skills on all the time you put into it. And then it eventually turns around. Then, oh, I'm going to use animation because I met so-and-so, and this job requires it, and I can make a living doing this. So I believe there's always a turnaround that's, in anything in anything you believe in. That's super super pragmatic. That's really cool. <laughs> and what do you and what do you mean by pragmatic? If I can I've never heard that word. Pragmatic? Let's make sure that I actually <laughs> like got pregnant. it right. Pragmatic. <laughs> Hold on a sec here. You're pragmatic. teaching me something new here. I'm gonna say pragmatic, dealing with things sensibly and realistically in a way that is based on practical rather than theoretical considerations. Yes. And, and my one more thing is when you get knocked down, when you get cut, when you bleed, when you fall off, or somebody verbally hurts you, verbally, mentally messes you up, or verbally is mentally against you, 
because I'm going to say it's mental. They just don't want to just succeed. You got to learn to recover in any situation and make the best of it. Just and like if, getting up from a toss. Yeah. So, so if I was to climb a small little mountain and I didn't bring a walking stick and I didn't bring the right shoes to do this thing, I'm still going to finish it. And then next time when I climb something else, I know what to bring next time. And then when you climb and do something else, another mountain, I know now I need to bring these five things to survive better. Like just finish what you, what you get into is what I'm getting at. Like when you start something and even if it's negative and, and it's slippery, it's not professional, you're going to learn so much by at least finishing it. That's like, great. Like, you know, when you're, when you're going to a school course and it's just not your cup of tea, it's just not your knowledge you want to learn, just finish it. Just finish it and just move on. But not finishing things is is what I believe people's biggest weaknesses. Like finishing is 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 the best thing. And you could surprise yourself too. Like you the yes. amount the amount that you learn, the amount that you gain through failure or quote unquote failure or quote unquote struggle. I mean that's struggle is what defines, you know, improvement and change. Like it, it, it's in every single uh, drama that you watch on, on on every single movie. There's always struggle. There's always, like, difficulty. I mean, that's, that's Well, the, the reason there's difficulty is because everybody's more against you than with you. That's They don't want, they don't want you to actually go do it. When they'll say, oh, yeah, just go, just go and do that slam dunk. Yeah, you know, and they know inside you won't. They're not actually going to expect you to actually go up and actually really go do it. You know, so so a lot of people are with you, but they don't believe in you. Yeah, like, I, like a lot of like, like that's that's the big one. And they're, they're like they could be projecting their own. Like, yeah, their own failure. Fail fears of failure and failures on you. Like uh, my my wife, she she's uh, she started a business a while ago, and uh, she noticed that she noticed that like um, people Everybody's were for you. Everybody says that they're for you, but but they're like, but they're constantly dropping little doubts all over you too. They're yep. always like, oh, "Are you sure that you know you should do this, or maybe you should be a little cautious here, or maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should keep your day job and blah blah." Because what they're waiting for is for you to crawl in your tears and watch you fall, so they can. And they be will, there. they will enjoy that. Yeah, laugh and smile. But the thing is, those I learned. I learned to turn that around. I'll show you. And and okay, but like let's let's finalize this with the dwarf tossing. Okay, so dwarf tossing in 2012, 13, 14 was a joke. Was like, hey, this is kind of cool. You know, I didn't know that it was going to be what it is today. And then in 2015, we get some media from Detroit, from New York, from Windsor, Ontario. We get some media stuff going, and then fuck yeah, okay, it's cool. So then I start doing it more. Then the media goes away. And then four years later, the senators get a hold of it in Ottawa. This, uh, the, it goes to parliament. And you know what's funny? People that work for the parliament showed up at the event too <laughs> to participate throwing me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of pages, <laughs> bunch of parliamentary pages. Yeah, they should. They actually showed up and like, hey. We're going to toss you today. I'll be like, fuck yeah, okay. Thanks for putting me on the cover. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, and uh, and and then and then vice versa, you know, five, six months later. it, it But the thing is, the bill doesn't pass. It didn't pass in Canada and didn't pass in the States.
because I'm voluntarily doing it and I'm participating. And and to and to anyone anyone that wants to do something, just go for it. And and you're gonna have your struggles, you're gonna have your negatives, and you're gonna have your endings. But just believe in yourself, and eventually it works because we're all unique. Indeed. If, Listen, if we weren't unique, then we wouldn't be who we are. Yeah, and. Listeners, if you want to see a truly unique guy, you want to go to djmighty.com. That that is your blog, DJ Mighty Mike Midget. So, Mike Murga, thanks so so much for being on the show today. All right, well, rock and roll, and everybody, everybody, keep going, and and peace and love, and and always share positivity, and always share blessings, because because that's what helps you get through life. Is positivity. So that was the initial interview with Mike Murga. I hope you enjoyed it. And I, I'd like to encourage you to visit Mighty Mike Murga's website. It's over at MightyMike.tv. You can also check him out over at Twitter at Mighty Mike Murga. And uh, all the links will be in the show notes, of course. Um, I'd like to also encourage you to maybe check out the show's Patreon. I'm a little um, wary about sharing it, but uh, I think I have it set up so that if you you only need to actually pay me if I release an episode. So that's encouragement for an episode to be released because I realize it's been eight weeks since the last episode. So I wouldn't want anybody to be paying, you know, even a dollar a month if I'm not actually producing anything at all for that month. That seems unfair to me. So I think the I think that I have it hooked up now that whatever pledge you make only gets released when I release an actual episode. So do do check it out. Do a search for um, I think it's share a slice with Sean. We'll bring it up on Patreon. There'll be a link in the show notes anyway. Um, I mean I don't think I can really give you anything necessarily more at the moment. I have a hard time even making my current release schedule. It would be motivating, I guess, for me. And it also might help pay for hosting costs because my situation, let's put it this way, my situation is changing over the next few months and I'm going to have to start tightening my belt a bit. Uh, So, um, you know... Uh, I don't want to say that basically, you know, if, if it's a choice between having a cheese sandwich and getting rid of the, the podcast, uh, the podcast might have to go. So uh, is that a threat? No, but it's reality. So um, if even if 20 listeners could give me a dollar each, um, it would go a long way to help support the, uh, you know, the, the podcast. Uh, so uh, do please uh, consider going to Patreon and supporting the podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Anybody who supports it, I would be pleased to r- read their names on the podcast. I would uh, I would even consider making a little song for the for for people who are willing to pay more. You know, what have you? But we'll see. Just if you could pay a little bit it would go a super long way only a dollar would be amazing um so that said um i'd like to move forward and play 
uh, a track from Azurious Guy's new album from 2019 uh, called We Were Once Called Spring. And uh, the name of the track is Exhale One for Mata. <laughs> <laughs> 